All right, welcome back to the Pull Up Podcast, the podcast where we have real organic conversations with real people about real topics. Today, we got a very special topic, a topic our community doesn't talk about enough, and that is building wealth. Before we jump into it, we're just going to introduce everybody on the line today. My name is Lanston, a.k.a. LT. We got Marcus Shaw here, a.k.a. Pancho. We got my boy, John Gibodi here. He's a special guest for us today. Guap. Guap, a.k.a. Cashflow King. So we got him in the building today. So say some words for the people so they know who you are. Uh, as Lance just stated, my name is John Gibodi. Uh Entrepreneur working myself. That don't have a specific line of interest. Just whatever can make some cash. Keeps me flexible. Gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're gonna break it down today. I think it's a good group just because he, as he mentioned, you know, I'm a I'm a corporate guy, but I got my little thing on the side. We got Marcus here who's a serial entrepreneur. And then we got the cash flow king here who's a little bit of a little bit of both because you got your you got your little hustle job, a little corporate type job, but at the same time you got all these different streams of revenue. So it's gonna be a robust, good conversation, man. So I'm excited to talk about it. So let's talk about building wealth, man. It's uh, it's something our community, we don't talk about much. Why is it important to talk about and why is it a necessary conversation to have? It's necessary because we don't talk about it. We haven't been talking about it. Now we're just now coming to, wealth is coming to the forefront. And um, in particularly black people in our community, we're not talking about it at all. And now I'm happy to see people talk about it, man, because it gives you, not you, but your family a head start. And what we always talk about is our legacy is always bigger than us. We're trying to, Change, change generations' lives. And that's where wealth comes in. And it's not just about being rich, because rich is just in the moment. You want to be wealthy enough to change your whole legacy. Right. Any thoughts, Yabodi, on why it's important and why we don't bring it up? And- well, mm-hmm. just piggyback off what Marcus said, you know, this conversation is not held nearly close enough within our communities. Uh, and on the opposite side of the spectrum, those uh, demographics that are flourishing in this great country, have those conversations from the inception of their kids being born all the way up to the end of adolescence. You know, they're going over principles, you know, forwarding books for them to read. It's it's not a topic or that's left a chance within those communities. Mm-hmm. And it's something that definitely needs to gravitate over to our communities. And that's uh, the number one, one number one where we're really going to see change. So, Bro, I couldn't have said it any better myself, man. We're going to break down all that. So the way I think about this is uh, when we talk about wealth, you know, the way I think about it is you got your primary income. You got your secondary income, your third, fourth income, et cetera, et cetera, in your retirement. So for me, you know, I'm a nine to five type guy. I know a lot of people say nine to five isn't good. You, you know, you're working for the man. But for me, you know, I got my primary income, which is uh, my base, my base salary. And so for me, when I look at my base salary, that pays all my bills. You know, that's going to be the thing that's going to pay my mortgage, you know, the cell phone bill, et cetera. Um, but with that, I also try to take a portion of that and save that and put that into savings. So that's normal stuff, you know, nothing too complicated. But for me, when I think of primary income, that's what that's what I think about. And so um, that's how I look at it on the corporate side. But for someone like you, who's a business owner, I mean, what do you consider your primary income and uh, how do you how do you think about it? So I want to piggyback up off of you of being a nine to five. Nothing wrong with being a nine to five. <laughs> That's a conversation all. we need to have. Yeah, like, exactly. Maybe we should have that. Is something wrong yeah, with a nine to five? Nothing man. wrong with having a nine to five. The, the, uh, the problem with the nine to five is when you're working for the job and the job is working you. Right. When you have his mindset, it's not like that. He's he's making the job work for him. He's gaining knowledge from that job. And with that knowledge that he's gaining, he's putting that in other areas of his life. He doesn't feel like he's bogged down from his nine to five. Right. 
the issue with the nine to five always comes down when you're just not feeling full and fulfilled. If that's the case, just find a different nine to five. Stop being stuck in that nine to five. Yeah, I think, man, you hit on it because the nine, I love my nine to five. Yeah. I don't necessarily have a nine to five. I got flexible hours and do what I need to do. But for me, you know, I learn so much. I'm learning from the man. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm learning free. from it for free. free. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're taking care of me a little bit. So for me, you know, I got a, I got a strategy, you know, and we'll talk about when we talk about our second, third, fourth, uh, stream of income. Mm -hmm. That's that's where you know I don't have to be limited to just working a nine to five. I can still have my own right. by using my nine to five as a as a venue <laughs> to be able you know what I'm saying to yeah. pay for the other stuff. So yeah. I can then get some more money yep. working for me, and then I can make more and more and more investment. Yep. So you kind of have a nine to five, but you you're a business owner, right? So break down what you think about as your primary income mm -hmm. and kind of how you look at it. So. As a business owner, a uh, moving company, and that is my primary income. But I use that income to feed all the other different avenues that I want to do, all the little different dreams and stuff that I truly had. That The moving piece was just a vehicle to get me to where I want to go, if you get what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? So I think of my moving company as the bank. That is my bank. And then I use that stream, and no different than the nine to five, as being your bank. Right. I'm using that as my bank. It just gives... It just, a little bit more freedom for me to make decisions on a day-to-day -day business for myself personally. Um, and then with that, I use that to, I do uh, credit repair. Uh, I got e-commerce. There's a lot of different stocks. There's a lot of other different avenues that I want to do using my moving company as my yeah. bank. Man, my question is, is it hard to start your own business? Like start a legit business? One thing to have like investment stocks, things like that, but starting your own business where you have employees, uh -huh. how challenging was that? It's not hard to start start is hard to, to sustain. That's the problem. You got you. You got Anybody you. can go out and start a business. It's, it's the research and the development and the processes that you have to get down to sustain within your business. That's the hardest part. Right. That's what gets you in the in my in my industry and in a lot of people industry is always people. People is going to be your hardest thing that you have to deal with in a situation. People and money. Like if you don't have enough money to to build and grow, that'll make you frustrated, but you need the people to get that. So the base of it is the people, gotcha. people in training, for sure. I hear it all the time, so I'm with you, man. Finding that human capital, finding people who who always going to be there for you. I mean, that's the challenge of starting your own business. But you, you got The key it. is getting them to buy in to your company the way you're bought into your mm -hmm. company. It's hard to make people love it the way you do. Sometimes you got to take yourself out of it and understand that this is not their company. Exactly. They're right. not going to think about it the same way you do. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you can't really judge them off of that. You got to put them on a different platform when you're doing it. That's what that, that was what was hard for me to begin with. Yeah. Like, you not, you don't understand this? It's like, no, this this is not me. I'm just working for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be able to pour into them so that they love, learn to love your company the way you do. Well, you're Bodie, man. The cash flow king, man. You know what I'm saying? You got so many different streams of income. But talk to us what, what your thought process is as far as your primary income and uh, how you how you utilize that, that uh, income. My primary income, it rotates from time to time, uh, kind of like what Marcus was saying. You want to have that uh, cash flow generator that you can uh, count on on a consistent basis to, you know, pump into other directions, to snowball into uh, self-efficient uh, machines of their own. Okay. So for me personally, uh, I wholesale real estate. I was working for a company called New Western Acquisitions in Houston. Um, they're the preeminent by far wholesaling uh, firm in Houston. Okay. It would be equivalent to working for like Amazon or Mercedes-Benz, like they're the yes. preeminent cop in the industry. So uh, I was new going into there. You know, that was never a long-term or in-all-be-all route for me, but I did know being in there, the people I would meet with, um, 
seeing the paradigm that they have that allows that uh, organization to function in the manner that it does is going to be, uh, you know, I can't quantify the, the significance Price. of how it's yeah. going to roll over to my personal pursuits and the entire long journey of this business gauntlet that we're pursuing. So Yeah. yeah. So you, you hit on a good point, man, because it's, it's a the generator is the big thing that pays the bills it gets you the opportunities to have that second third fourth revenue but at the same time it's the experience too is what mm -hmm. it sounds yeah. like that that primary income or whatever it may be um, is invaluable to get that experience so that's our primary income and then we have our secondary income so for me when i think about mine so you know i work in a biotech company so i got my base salary then i have the option uh for for commission and bonuses so, as you know, commission bonuses, it, it ebbs and flows. It's never the same every year. Mm -hmm. So for me, that is my second stream of income. How much effort I put in it, how well I do, yeah. um, is going to depend on uh, how much money I get. Mm -hmm. So for me, that I do look at that as my secondary income. And so with that, those are the things where, you know, um, I can double and get equivalent to my base with my commission. And instead of using my commissions on, you know, paying for bills and things like that. That's where I then invest that into stocks, real mm -hmm. estate, yeah, things of that nature. So it kind of works for me, kind of where I have different moving parts where you have one, your primary, uh, your base salary, you got your commission, use your commission to get the real estate and the stocks. And then even with my company, if you're a high performer, then they actually give you stocks. So, you know, that's kind of my way of just having a diverse portfolio. So my secondary income, really stocks, commission, bonuses, those are the things that I have. And I feed that into my other portfolio and put more into my uh, portfolio that way. Mm. My secondary would be stocks. Okay. Okay, um, stocks. I put a lot of my money into stocks. Just because of where we are right now um, in the U.S. in our economic situation right now, I just feel like it's very advantageous of us to put money into the stock market just because of the the cheap prices that you're getting right now. Like a lot of these companies are very, very cheap at what they would be if it wasn't for the, the virus that happened. You know what I'm saying? Like we're still dealing with those effects right now. Um, so that's definitely my secondary would definitely be to pour into stocks. It's cool that you're able to pour in your stocks and then you can also double down on the company stocks. Right, right. Too. Exactly. Like that's like amazing. That's, yeah. that's another thing. Don't miss out on them nine to fives, man. The 401ks <laughs> right. and the IRAs and those type of benefits, man. Take advantage of that stuff. If they matching you, make sure you double up on that, man. Right. It's free. It's free money. It's free money. We don't talk about it. Like, you know, yeah. we'll break it down. Well, I, you know, I, I, I would go, like, when I used to be in a nine to five, I was always taught like that was a scam. Like the 401ks, they just taking your money. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? No, no point in giving them no money. It's not doing nothing for you. But that's not the truth at all. Man. Yeah, it's not the case. But you just want to educate yourself because you don't want to yeah. be get yourself in a 401k where they're gonna have these high fees when now you take the money. Out. Now that's true. So, that's true. Yeah. So it's all the strategicness and thinking about it. And you know, right. we you learn it, learn that along the way. But just by having conversations that's like this, you sure. know what I'm saying? Like uh, someone may say, uh, I had a family member that thought 401k was a scheme. So yeah. you know, break it down. You know, yep. it's not a scheme, especially if you have someone matching you dollar for dollar. <laughs> and then you can invest in the stocks right. and then you can put it in the mutual funds or whatever yeah. that you want. Yep. Just as long as it's not these high fees, you're going to come out on top. So yep. I think just having that education about it is a big thing. But in a, if anything else, if you got an option <laughs> for a 401k match, yes. got to do it. Man. Gotta do it. <laughs> you got to do, do it. it. I mean, because where, where are you going to put the money? If you think about it, if you think about putting it in the savings account, there's basically no point of doing that. You getting what? Yeah. You get you you put ten thousand dollars in the saving account that whole year they are gonna give you back ten dollars right you know what I'm saying like it just doesn't make inflation sense. doesn't meet inflation if you see what they made off that ten thousand yeah. dollars they're, like, they're doing the same thing we're doing they're investing in stocks and real estate stuff they're investing your money so you might as well invest your own money the fact that you you're thinking that way 
um, is brilliant, but I do want to stop right there and just talk about stocks. How'd you learn? How'd you learn about stocks, man? Like, cause like a lot of times people think it's so complicated. It's so it, like, it's a real method to it. And really there's some strategies, but ain't no it's, right it's or wrong. It's not right or wrong, no, but there's <laughs> but, some really simple ways of looking at it. I'm trying to think of who, if I, if you really want to be honest, who really opened up my mind was uh, Earn Your Leisure. Shout out to Earn Your Leisure Podcast and uh, Ian Dunlap, Market Mondays. They talk about stocks all the time. And not only that, my boy, uh, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon uh, Randolph, man, he's been in stocks for a long time. He really breaks it down for me. And I can actually go and talk to him on a daily basis. So that right. really helps me tremendously. But the simplest form to me to follow with stocks, and I, this is how I started to begin with, just invest in great companies like don't don't try to get rich quick like if you want to if you want to sustain and make money for over the long term just invest in apple everybody uses apple <laughs> right invest yeah. in microsoft like google i know google's high facebook is kind of high you know what i'm saying tesla those type of things people that are changing their industries that's who you should invest in that's why I brought that question up because really there's a lot of strategies you can get deep and analytical and that's yeah. fine. Yep. But at the end of the day, just go to a company that you know is growing and innovative and that's going to be there. So, you know, it may go down three months from now, six months from now, a year yeah, from now. Gonna, yeah, it ebbs and flows, but yeah. it's going to go up in the long term. Yes, so, yeah. you know, that that's the one thing I want to stress just as we having this conversation with our community about building wealth, you know, got to you got to you got to do these type of things you know you got to put into some stocks even if it's uh you think oh man I'm only can buy one stock of apple right. you know uh every year right. but do it man do it yes. you know what I'm saying like yes. i guarantee you that one stock that you buy in apple is going to give you way more than what you put into that bank right exactly guarantee exactly and that's the and that's the thought process think about it and then as that money builds some of these uh stocks have dividends so they're shelling out dividends you can put it back in the so stock take way. it out put it in other, other stocks yep. so you know that that money will build up and you'll see even down the line how fast that money do build up mm -hmm. so i just want to encourage everybody but to touch on that a lot of people can't do that because they can't deal with delayed gratification. Everybody wants like right now. Yeah, right like if they don't see it happening right now, they're like, oh, I'm taking my money out, they ain't doing nothing for me. But the right. stock game is a long-term game. For long beginners, it should be like a long-term game for you. Right. Then like those other ways where you can day trade and stuff, we can make money on a daily basis, but just just hold it out. I promise you, you make it. Let's come to you, John. So when it comes to that secondary income, you mentioned you got a lot of different cash flows. I mean, I'm not gonna say all the ones I know, you can share it, but I know you just, some of the things I hear in my bro, Really, man? <laughs> like, how you find how you find this out? So, uh, what do you think about secondary income? What are some sources for you that you that may be some good uh, options for the people watching? Uh, my thoughts on secondary income is a necessity. Obviously, with this past year, um, obviously it's showed that depending on one source of income, it's uh, setting yourself up for grand failure, especially your one unforeseen event away from you know being <laughs> on the on the wrong side yeah. of the creek. Uh, yeah. So, uh, a good. A good uh, stepping stone to second second form of income, second stream of income, I always uh, point towards real estate. You know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, I would say it's the most sustainable thing you can invest in literally in the world. Yeah. Um, most of you millionaires uh, created their wealth through, through real estate. Right. Um, it's as old as humanity goes back, you know, mm -hmm. since the beginning, <laughs> you know, the hoarder and beginning, beginning of mankind pretty much. You know, real estate, it's, uh, it's always gonna be there. And there's all, and there's also a limit and a lack to it. Right. So, uh, for me personally, I invest into the retail retail space. So I have a couple of properties that I have some uh, tenants in there that I lease out, and I'm also a super host on Airbnb as well. So I have four Airbnbs. Okay. Um, Are they all in Houston or what? Oh uh, yeah, they're all in Houston. Um, okay. The great thing this past, well, not the great thing, you know, the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, it's, it's, it's 
It's an opportunity. It's a tale of two tales, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a yin and yang to everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, for those who are innovative and stay stuck with it through the uh, tide, you know, it's a great opportunity. You yeah. Know? Um, a lot of people were traveling. I live in Houston, Texas. Um, it's a city that it attracted a lot of individuals in the heat of the pandemic where things were shut down. So a lot of my units, you know, travel nurses or individuals who, who are working remote and they want to, you know, experience life in some form of normality while everything was going on that came to, to the Houston. You go ahead and call it what it is. Y'all, y'all did not care about the pandemic <laughs> yeah, yeah, out yeah, in Houston. Yeah, Everybody in Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta no Houston, they did not care. Texas, this was like no Texas, fair. Atlanta, and Florida. They did yeah, not care, not bro. Care, like, they're that's so, that's trying to get that dollar. That's a fact. That's yeah. a fact. No, that's the real estate, I feel it's, it's, you can't miss, really. You can't miss. No, you can miss, of course. You know, nothing is guaranteed. Just like everything else. Exactly, but... The margin of error, it's I would say, it's it's much less in real estate as opposed to other uh, ventures you can dive into. I was hesitant to go into real estate at first. I just didn't understand it as much when I was in my early twenties. Um, everyone was encouraging me to do it, and I just didn't want to do it, man. But as I got into it, started to realize the value, especially in the, the certain heart heart market markets in Denver where we are. You know, there's all these hot markets. So, you know, um, for me. I got. I'm probably like a lot of other people. I was skeptical to get into real estate until I got into it and exactly. saw, man, what was I? I was missing out, man. You know? Yeah, so. for real. Imagine if we did that when we were 20, 21. Man, oh, man. 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 It's crazy. You're supposed to take advantage of the FHA loan. Man. <laughs> I feel like it's the biggest cheat code. Man. To get you started. <laughs> 2.5 right down. You know, and then That's if you crazy. did that to get a multifamily, Instead of a single family? That's oh, what I wish I would Man, been. if I would have known this stuff, bro. Hold on, let's break that down. That's something I haven't heard before. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you can use an FHA loan yep. to get a multifamily. Yep. You're kidding me, man. Yes, bro. So, oh, my God. Well, break it, down. It, has to, it has to be four units or less. So anything above uh, four units, five and above, is considered commercial. So mm-hmm. uh, you get your triplex, a quadruplex, a duplex, and use FHA loan as he's staying right there for 3.5%, which... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely, you know, you'll probably see a month or two of uh, the standstill, but once that ball gets rolling, yeah, um, it's gonna it should be set in a good position, you know. And what they call it, house hacking, like you live in one and yeah, you just yeah, rent out everything else. Yep. They just paying for you, you live yep. in the house for free. Yep. Yeah, in the house for free. Man, man. <laughs> yeah. see, that's why we having these conversations today, right? <laughs> that's why we having this conversation because. When you have conversations, stuff like this come up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And if we're in our communities, other communities, you're not having this conversation, you're never going to be privy to that knowledge. Yep. So, you know, I already got my first home, so I can't do that. But for anybody else who's looking at that, man, you know, looking at a, a first-time buyer looking for an FHA loan, and, you know, you have an opportunity to get a duplex, quadplex. Yep. There it is. Down. It's free game I, right I, there. I do believe, because you just said that you have your first home, so you can no, no longer utilize the FHA loan. I do believe. I think you still and, I, can, and I'm right? not sure. I, it might be different state to state, but I believe, say, for example, if, you, if you're an FHA loan, once you get that to 20% of your equity built up in there, you can refinance. Yeah, because this FHA could be your loan, secondary exactly. house. And then you can make the other ones your primary, so then you can do the 3.5 again. Uh, for the first time, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I've been putting twenty percent down for no reason, huh? No. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you got it out the way. Uh, yeah. Right. Out the way. Uh, we hit on the retirement. Um, any other thoughts on that? Because you know, with retirement, you got your four hundred one k. You can get matched. At the end of the day, I also think about your life insurance. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of people, that's another thing that's where another people thing think it's scams. Scamming, yep. And, we do. We, we think do. it's scams, yeah, yeah. but it's not. It's not <laughs> like, so the thing about uh, your life insurance policy is you can have a life insurance that fully cover you. And then you can also have your retirement built into it. 
So, you know, you have life insurance. Once you hit the age of 65, you can start to take some uh, that that value out of that. That's whole life, right? Whole life. Whole life. Whole life. Exactly. Whole life. Um, So, you know, it's good to it's good to if you get the uh, what is the term? Not partial, but it'll be called the term life, right? Term. If you get the term, you lock in your age at a young age, which is great. So if you're 25 and, you know, just go ahead and lock in that term, it locks in your age. So, um, you know, before you have any uh, health risk and things like that, where they consider you high risk, so your payments are higher. So lock in that age and then you can convert that a little later until your whole life. And then they do have retirement built into that. So there's money in that. So it's not just, hey, once I die, (laughs) you know, know, I get my, 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 uh, you know, my people get the money. Right. Once you hit your retirement age, you can also have some money on top of your 401k, social security, your yeah. investments, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So um, that's another form of retirement that I just challenge everybody to look into. Um, not only the 401k, but that but that uh, life, life insurance, insurance as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. That life insurance is key, man. Because I see a lot of y'all out there doing those GoFundMe's. You don't have to do those GoFundMe's, man, for $30 a month. You can get that paid for mm-hmm. ahead of time, man. Right. And even if y'all want to do that as a collective, one person sign up for it, and then y'all just pay him $10 a month or whatever. It's possible to get money. And not only that, not even just paying for the funeral. It gives your family like a head start. goes back into the wealth. That we're talking about, like if somebody, somebody's gonna die, it's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? Sorry for the harshness, but it's gonna happen. If you got a a a policy for two hundred thousand, you know what I'm saying? That gives your family a huge head start. I'd share a story, so I I won't share your names, but I know someone. uh, Someone had like two three million dollar life insurance policy. Grandfather passed away. They probably got five hundred thousand dollars of it. Um, split among the kids. They took that. Mm -hmm. They bought a home, Mm -hmm. straight cash. Didn't have to worry about mortgage. Mm Resold the home probably a couple years ago, right before, you know, this is when the housing market was going crazy here in Denver. So uh, bought it probably 10 years ago, sold it two years ago, almost doubled up, <laughs> took that money, bought another home, yep. still don't have to pay down the mortgage. Yep. So then you got the extra $2,000 in your pocket yep. and then you can rent that place out. So then you plus another 2000 you know, oh my gosh, man, the, the, bills, the, way, man. the way it bills is like, you got to think bigger than just yourself, you know, about your family and your legacy. Yeah. And so that life insurance at the end of the day, that's a that's that's one of the most important things you can have. And it is one of the first things that goes away when people hit hard, hardships. Yep. Let me get rid of this. That's the thing. People think it's a scam. I would They're say the scam. You to do that. The, that's the scam. Yes. If you if you all of a sudden stop paying, yeah. you forfeited everything. All of it. So you got to keep paying they for betting it. betting on you. Not yeah. So if you yeah. keep paying for it, there's no scam. Yes. You, <laughs> you know, so uh, make sure you to hold on to that because yep. you'll hate to put all that money in, you know, 20 years from now. And yep. then you just you can't you can't afford it or whatever yep. it is. You forfeit all that money. It's yep. like, no, you got to pay into it. So, again, that's just knowledge. No understanding it a little mm-hmm. bit. I understand why people can think it's a scam, but right. you got to know, you know what I'm saying? You know, you understand it, then you can you can play the game. Yeah, you know, sure. you can set up a legacy for your family. You Learn how you to know. play the game. All right, well, with this, we talked a lot about, you know, different flows of income, pretty serious stuff here, but I want to make it a little light. What, what are some, like, fun options? What's a good secondary option? Um, pull up podcasts. We know we all we do is talk about real conversations with real people yep. but let's have let's have that conversation pivot a little bit on just uh what are some of the fun things that you are invested in so right now we got a podcast this is something that we just want to share and yeah. have a good time with but you know we're gonna do our thing no, we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna try to make money we're gonna try to do our sure. things just yeah. like yeah. being real with you <laughs> <laughs> you get to that fourth you know that four fifth income you know yeah. at that time or sources of income at this time we're just trying to find ways you know we did the serious stuff where people made 
think it's boring. Mm-hmm. Got to do those things, man. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to have fun. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Let's start a podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's start something together. You know, uh, my wife started a baking company. You know, what I'm saying she loved to bake. Yep. You know, and that's that's how she how she got her little fun thing going for her. Mm-hmm. So you know, any any fun things that you guys got lined up or any any creative things you guys got it up your sleeve. My, my, I mean, I guess it's. I mean, my fun thing, I guess, would be e-commerce. And shout out to my boy Michael Rackpo. Uh, I can't remember the name, but e-commerce. Forgive me, my dog. But <laughs> check out Michael Rackpo um, for the e-commerce. But shoot, I'm on there. I'm selling like bedding. I'm selling like um, like lounge pillow type stuff. You know what I'm saying? Cozy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, that's. I mean, because it's just something I'm not really expecting. I don't put too much time in. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of fun to me because I can kind of pick and choose kind of what I want want into my store. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a store owner, you know, type of thing. But that's, so that's the my... freedom, though. You got the yeah. freedom. Once you do the right things, you got freedom to do whatever you want. You yeah. know, I mean, there's no right or wrong way. You can start e- off. E-commerce automate. That's what it is. E-commerce automate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Check, okay. It check, yeah. it check it out. Check it out. You know, check it out for real. But, you know, you gave yourself the freedom, the autonomy to be able to do that by making some good investments. Well, I think it's important to point out, like you said earlier, you know, you want to definitely initially, you know, get that solid foundation underneath you that, that allows you the leeway to you know, dive into a little bit more of things that are of your personal interest as opposed to what's the business decision to go with. So for me personally, that for, for me, that would be helping individuals around me, you know, whether it's somebody starting up a beauty shop or I have a, I have a friend of mine that has that just started a lawn care service, you know, investing into that, of course, you know, as an investor in business, you invest in things to make money. But, you know, for those people around me, I try, you know, I try to have a light hand on, you know, what I'm expecting as far as a kickback. Gotcha. I, I, I do it from, you know, try to do it from a goodness standpoint. Right. You know, I also, it's not just being a silent par- partner. I'm also, you know, tapping in with them every now and then, seeing how things are going, how things are developing, if there's any thoughts or a connection of mine or experience of mine that can help, you know, make that be a successful uh, pursuit for them. So, yeah. Uh, with that being said, I'll definitely air and uh, warn to those, you know, investing people that you know are serious, you know. Right. You want to help everybody, everybody can't be helped. Yeah. Um, Have you done it before? Investing into individuals. It didn't who, work who, out. Who it was just wasted. Yeah, yeah. wasted. Yeah. 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 I appreciate I love what you said, man, because you said helping others. You know, and that's the big thing is when you do all the things right, you know, you got your 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 whole strategy set up. You can afford to help people and don't have to have that tight grip on them, yeah. you know, because you know you already set up with your second, third, fourth income uh, and revenue, this returning residual income where you can take a little bit of higher risk where let me help this person out. Um, although I hear you saying it, I hear you say, you know, <laughs> proceed with caution, you know, there's no investing just anybody. <laughs> but, you know, you know, at the end of the day, you know that there's there's a risk that you may not uh, get that return. but. Yeah. And that's solid right that's there. All business. For me, you know, one of the things I enjoy doing is, you know, we already talked about it is stocks. And so I, I have all sorts of different stocks, man. I have my primary stocks that I get through the company. I got st- my long-term stocks that I, I just continue to feed in to hedge some of the more risky stocks I make. And then I got, the, you know, the risky stocks that I make. And uh, the risky stocks are all funded by my third, fourth, fifth stream of income. Yeah. So I'm able to make some of those uh, risky decisions. So it makes it more fun that way, right? Make it more play, fun. You can play with yeah. it. You can play with it a little bit. So for me, you know, I enjoy that, man. So, you know, one of the fun things I do is actually um, invest in stocks. I just put it in kind of a, a compartmentalize it a little different. So that's what I do. 
and also we got this podcast, obviously. Yeah. So you know, um, this something that's fun to do, something to give back. Pull up, the pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up. <laughs> yeah. uh, you didn't know. Yeah. So you know, it's uh, it's something that we we enjoy doing. But you know, this is uh, something else I can do. You know yeah. what what we can do. You know, just on our free time because yeah. we, we already built ourselves up. So. Yeah. All right, man. So I'm going to read off a little quote to y'all fellas, what I wrote down. And I uh, just want to get y'all thoughts on this. What I wrote down is the, the way I look at building wealth is uh, by building knowledge. The more I listen and learn from others and find ways to grow, the more opportunities begin to present themselves. So, you know, one of the things, are, the goal of this conversation is for us to have that conversation, real conversations that we have where we can learn from each other. Right. So I always chop it up is Learn from your, learn from a good group of fellas or or women or whoever it is. Learn right. from a good group of people, man. And that's where I honestly have really developed a lot by learning from from you you fellas. Uh, either books, there's podcasts, there's all sorts of different things. So, uh, what are some of the resources that people can use that um, could help them out become more knowledgeable when it comes to building wealth? The uh, easy way for me is uh, podcast, just because you can just listen to it throughout the day, yeah. driving. It, it, it replaces my music. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I listen to uh, Earn Your Leisure. Dope. I listen to Social Proof with David Sands. Um, I also listen to different podcasts within the industry that I'm in now as far as moving goes, just because I'm always trying to learn yeah. and grow. Um, books that I read, Jewish Phenomenon. It's a good book. It teaches you how the others, others have been getting it. money. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Been getting it for a while. <laughs> yep. Just trying to learn how to play the game. Uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, those are my favorite. And I think we talked about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. 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 Classic. It's a really good classic book if you want to start out just trying to learning the, the, the basis of investing and where it all comes from. Just the mindset of it all. Because in the beginning, that's all it is, is your mindset. You got to change you first before you start trying to do other things. Right. What about you, John? Any other books uh, that you recommend? Any podcasts? Uh, I listen to podcasts. Like you said, Earn Your Leisure. I would say that's probably number one podcast I listen to outside of real estate podcasts. Uh, Bigger Pockets. Mm, That's good. Bigger Pockets. uh, I read a lot of books. I'm an avid reader. I try to read at least a passenger, a substantial amount each each and every day. Yeah. Uh, Financial books. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich, you know, those are, you know, pedestals of financial literacy books. Also, Rich Man of Babylon, that's a great book. You know, it's, uh, it's, in, a, it's in a storytell uh, format, so it's easy to follow along. You know, you see the triumphs and uh, rallies of the main character. Uh, he swindles a great fortune that he uh, received from his father, had to start from scratch. He, had, he was sold as a slave, <laughs> paid for to free himself, you know, yeah. and still throughout that was still able to, in in the end, uh, mass up a fortune. Yeah, okay. Through the knowledge that he learned from all of those pitfalls and different experiences, which is relative, I feel, to almost everybody, you know, yeah, all yeah. the ups and downs. You, know. you, you can look at those tri- trial times as a lesson learned that can be implemented and you store it in your mental roller deck so you never make that same mistake again. Right. Um, that's from my study of great individuals, that's how so they all they got do. there. Because we so, all make mistakes. We all, yeah, mistakes. all learn take losses. We just got to learn from that's the key. That's how you grow. That's how you get to where you want to get to. Yes, it's sir. not going to be a smooth path whatsoever. Yeah. We talk about all this stuff as far as investing and stuff we like to do and stuff like that, but as if it's easy and it's not easy. We're not telling you it's easy, but you should do it. Right, right. That's for sure. And when, you you, to. when you do it right, it's definitely worth it. Worth you know? it, yeah. Right. This is all the keys, man. This is what we're trying to do. The whole point of this pull-up podcast, again, is to pull people up. Yep. We're going to pull people up, and then our homies gonna we're going to pull up, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to have this conversation. So <laughs> so when it comes to it, man, everybody just, just 
take something from it. Even if y'all take one or two books, one or two podcasts, just try to take something from it. This is all for us, man, because we don't have these conversations in our community. So this is uh, just you guys being a fly on the wall. So I hope you guys can take take this and have these type of conversations with, with, with whoever your groups are and continue to just build each other up and um, pull everybody up. All right, let's get in on my favorite part of the podcast. This is uh, this is one of my favorite segments where we get the opportunity to talk about past mistakes, uh, things you'll tell your old self. So I want you fellas to answer three questions. Yep. Number one, what's your best investment? Yep. Number two, what's your worst investment? And number three, advice that you will give your younger self. Best investment was investing in the home that I live in now. It's my primary residence, but the way the, the housing market is here in Denver is pretty it's done well for me but i also wish i would have done it earlier but hey i'm in it now um the worst one i would say would be um investing in in stocks that i really didn't know about trying to get rich real quick you know what i'm saying just reading articles just really think hey and it was really cheap so like if i put such and such in it it's it's gonna blow up i'm gonna be two hundred thousand in two days type thing you know what i'm saying like it just didn't make any sense so do your research behind that type of stuff um and then what i would tell my younger self is like when I got out of college, people were telling me about life insurance. I wasn't really wasn't listening to them, but I wish I would have done it then because it would have been way cheaper and it would have set me up a lot better where I am now, for sure. I would say a property, but I don't you know, want to, uh, I guess, go a different route than what Marcus just said. But to, property, real estate. Yeah, property, you can't, you can't go wrong with it. I just want to spin off with something different. Uh, I would say really just my knowledge. Like you said, you know, the more knowledge and wisdom you gain, whether it's in your specific field or just overall spectrum of life is going to be, you know, pay endless dividends in your personal relationships and your profession. Uh, you almost can't quantify it, to be honest. You can't at all, at all, at all. It's man, it's just, you got to do it to yeah. understand. You got to do it to understand. Yeah. So I would definitely say just reading books, podcasts, even like, say, for example, real estate. I follow Flip Mastery TV, which is one of the top uh, wholesome uh, channels on YouTube. And I pay for a special subscription on there to get special notes, access to his uh, website. You know, he had different uh, systems set up on there where you can get information to the market and stuff like that that every person that's not paying for that subscription doesn't have. Uh, right. You have forms on there. You have contracts that you have access to on there for paying for that subscription. And I really just learned to pay for you. Pay for your knowledge because it's going to pay you back. Uh, like, for example, YouTube. I always joke around saying YouTube University. I pay for a premium YouTube uh account so I can download YouTube videos when I'm traveling, when I'm on a plane, I'm watching YouTube videos. As I was flying out here for this podcast, I'm watching YouTube videos the entire time, you know. Uh, as I'm hopping in the shower, I'm listening to YouTube videos. Uh, going off with worst investment, getting too entangled with, with individuals that are more relating to your past than your future. You know, um, as, you, as you turn and transition into, you know, adulthood and doing what's best for you, your future and for your loved ones, there's going to be some sacrifices that you have to make. And a lot of time that's um, elevating your inner circle um, because no matter who you are as a human being, you can have to be the strongest willed person to the sheep of all sheep that's just following the crowd. Like what your environment that you're in is going to have some element and some aspect influence over you. Um, so definitely be just cautious, becoming more cautious of that. And <clears throat> what's the third question again? Advice. Advice, Advice from my younger self. It kind of spirals back to my first answer is knowledge, education, man. Just I wish I could go back and tell myself to start reading books from a young age because it's it's unreal. It's like once you really like literally one book can change your life. Like right. no joke. It sounds cliche, 
But it's the truth. Like one book can literally spark a thought in your mind that changes everything around you. What's the old saying goes? If you want to hide a dollar from a from a brother, yeah. uh, put it in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's sad, but it's sad, but it's true. Yeah. Like, there's so much knowledge in those books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, that, that's solid right there, man. That's really good jewels right there. For me, I would say my best investment, you know, will also be real estate. We bought around the same time. But uh, um, just to say something a little different, man, is just my, my thing. My best investment was just into myself, you know, school, knowledge, being around the right people. I think, again, you say you can't quantify any of those things. It's just... Just the people I've been around and the conversations I've been privy to, man, just uh, allowed me to be the person I am today. And so for me, I think that's the best investment. And it goes back to the quote I said, the way I build wealth is by building knowledge. So the more I seek knowledge, the more wealth that I see follows behind it. So for me, I think that's the the best investment I have for myself as far as worst investment, stocks, you know, putting too much money in the stock market, man, you know, get rich, quick scheme, didn't work out. Lost it all. Almost, I, I almost literally had to pay a debt to the stock market. I'm not lying, man. Like I lost everything. I had to think, what happens when you go by right, right. like, So, so uh, yeah, man. So that was my worst investment. And advice to my younger self was just to buy real estate earlier. I was a little hard-headed, bull-headed, thought I knew everything. Uh, had some success early on. So, you know, I just didn't understand real estate since I didn't get it. I just thought it was stupid. And so I realized that, no, that was me being bullheaded. I had to be open-minded, got around some people who were doing it. And I realized it's one of the best investments that you can do. So for me, you know, that that's that, those are the three things for me. So with that being said, fellas, I appreciate all the advice and everything you, uh, everything that you, you guys gave today. Um, again, this is the Pull Up Podcast, and we're just going to have real organic conversations. All day. Let us know what you guys want to hear, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So, all right, man. Cheers, right, fellas. Man. Cheers. Like, subscribe, comment, and below. <laughs> Please do. Yes, sir. Let's go.